This is the Fearless Presentations Podcast, the fastest, easiest way to reduce public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome back to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. Just a quick little note, the Fearless Presentations classes, the two-day classes that we teach all over the United States, Canada, Europe, um, we have new classes coming up every really uh, three to four months in, in each one of the cities that we teach classes in. Uh, so if you're interested in finding out information about any of these programs, just go to fearlesspresentations.com. There's always some some great information about the upcoming classes, and actually you can get a lot of information about classes that we've done in the past. Um, one of the things that, that I kind of spent some time working on this, this week was our, um, we call it our our past participant quote page. It's basically just a page where when folks go through the Fearless Presentations class, they can come onto our website and and post a comment about how much they like the class. And, and there's hundreds upon hundreds of these things. And one of the things that I kind of noticed was that out of the last, I would say probably, I don't know, 100 or so, 150, 200 people that have, that have come onto the website, they, um, uh, every one of them have given us like a five-star rating, which is really cool. I mean, it's something that is really, really unique in training because if you think about it, when most people go and fill out a form, you know, most people don't go out of their way to fill out a form on a website unless they're upset. And so the, the, these are all people who felt strong, so strongly about the program and how much it had benefited them that they actually took time out of their busy schedule, went on the website to put a, to put a posting up that would... Um, um, let us know how much they enjoyed the program. So, so if you are interested in in learning how to speak better in front of a group, reduce that public speaking fear, become a more professional speaker, and maybe even make money speaking, then the Fearless Presentations class is very, very helpful. So, Doug, what's today's hot topic? So today's hot topic is actually a continuation of one that we did on the last podcast. Last podcast, we talked about different places that you can go to actually practice your public speaking skills, because that's one of the things that folks ask us after they go through our, our public speaking classes and say, okay, how do I get more? How do I, how do I practice? Where can I go to, to continue to, to grow? Um, you know, basically the, the analogy I like to use here is it's kind of like, you know, if you're learning to golf, you know, I mean, if you, if you, if you just go out and play golf every day, you'll learn to, to, to be a better golfer, but it's actually a lot faster and a lot easier sometimes to just go to the putting green for a few hours or for a few minutes, sorry, for a few minutes, uh, and, and get some, some hitting practice in and that kind of thing versus taking the time to go and spend hours doing a, a full game that those little practice sessions can be very helpful. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that last podcast, it can be very, very helpful. So in the last podcast, I mentioned though, that one of the things I'd be doing in, in a future session would be to kind of talk about how you can actually make money speaking in front of a group. And so we're going to actually going to break this into two parts, I think, just because there's so much material here. And a lot of this material, by the way, was taken from my book, Mastering Presentations. It's published by Wiley, uh, the Wiley Publication Group. The, basically, the in that book, I talked about a number of different ways that you can use public speaking to build your professional prowess, really, to, to, to be seen as the expert in your industry and to have folks kind of see you as being 
prominent in your industry. And a lot of these ways are great ways to actually increase your income. Now, what I'm going to talk about today are a lot of the different ways that you can kind of market yourself better and become really the, the expert in your industry. And then in the next session, I think we'll talk about more ways about how you can actually get, become a paid speaker. So if you want to be a keynote speaker, if you want to do seminars or workshops or something like that, we'll, we'll kind of talk about a few ways that you can kind of get started in, in, in the industry that on in the, the next um, podcast. On this one, though, these are these are some some great ways that you can get started as a speaker in ways that are a little it's a little easier than trying to organize your own seminars or try to get people to pay you a fee to, to come in and speak. Because a lot of times what you're going to be doing in the beginning is you're going to be giving away a lot of free speeches in order to promote something that will actually make you money. So one of the best ways that I've ever found to do this is to is to work a lot with associations and have and go to especially as a speaker at association meetings or as a breakout speaker in some of the big meetings. You know, so like for instance in my industry, in the training industry, we've got ATD. It used to be ASTD. ATD is a huge, huge uh, training association. So just about every human resource person and every trainer in the world is a member of ATD somewhere. And they have these big, huge conventions in different cities every year that will have you know tens of thousands of people that will that will attend. But each little region has their own little meetings. I, I say little, but you know they're going to be hundreds, maybe a thousand people or so at each one of the regional meetings. And then each one of the the, the smaller areas will have their meetings as well. So every one of these, every time one of these associations will do one of these these big huge conventions and meetings, they're looking for speakers. And a lot of times they'll actually have it right there on their website, you know, a call for speakers. And you can fill out a, a, a web form a lot of times just with details about the topic that you want to present on. And if the folks think that your topic is something that their members might be interested in, they'll, they'll kind of call you. Um, they, these are a great way to kind of get practice. Now, I would encourage you to kind of start small. Start with with your local uh, association. So like here, I'm, I'm in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So there's like a, there's a Dallas ATD and a, and a Fort Worth ATD and there's a Houston and a San Antonio and Austin. So I, if I were going to start over from scratch and, and want to be a speaker, uh, a, a brand new speaker anyway, I'd probably start with, with those, those um, local kind of um, association chapters and and reach out to them and let them know what I do and we'll let them know know my topic they're more likely to kind of pick me up pick me up as a as a speaker <clears throat> by the way I mentioned ATD that's just I mean that's just because that's the industry that I'm in I'm in training but you know like for instance in human resources you've got um, SHRM the Society of Human Resource Managers you've got it, it, in pretty much every Every industry that's out there will have an association, and the, and if you're not sure what your associations are in your in your industry, it's real easy. Just go to Google and just type in whatever the name of your industry is, and just type in association at the end of it, and you'll get a list of sometimes you know five, six, seven, ten, fifteen, twenty different associations that that you can possibly work with. Um, a, a good example of this is, you know, one 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 time we were um, really focusing early on when we started doing team building events in our company, uh, we we wanted to kind of get the word out fairly quickly, and so we figured talking to event planners would be a good way to to do that. So we went on the the internet and just found that there were I don't know there's ten fifteen different event planning industries or in, in, event planning associations out there, and we just started contacting them. Some of them we became members of, and some of them we just kind of sent we we bought advertising in their magazines and stuff 
stuff like that. So you can, you can, it takes a little bit of legwork, but not a lot, by the way. It just takes a little bit of legwork to really get in with the associations. The neat thing about the association speaking gigs that you can pick up is that once you do a good job at one of them, the word spreads pretty dramatically throughout that association. I mean, the, the, the purpose of an association is you get a bunch of like-minded people that are all talking with each other to share great ideas. So when they find a gym, when they find something that is beneficial to their members, they talk to other chapters. And so if you do really well in your industry at a local Dallas uh, uh, association meeting, then there's a good chance that the Fort Worth person will hear about you before the meeting's over, <laughs> and then the, so, so will the folks in Austin and San Antonio and that kind of thing. So, um, so and that'll happen in just about any city, especially if you're in if you happen to be in an area where there's a lot of major metropolitan areas kind of consolidated. Like for instance, if you're up in the in the Northeast, New York, Washington D.C. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, Boston, you know, the, those are huge, huge, huge cities and, and they're surrounded by really big metropolitan areas all around them. So, so like between Dallas and Boston, you've got Hartford, you know, Hartford is a, is a big metropolitan area as well. So they're, they're all over. So, and every one of these is going to have their own chapter. So if you happen to happen to do well in Hartford, there is a chance that you might be able to get in with somebody in a, in an association in New York city or in Boston or something like that. So, so keep that in mind. The association meetings are really, really helpful. So after you have a really good speech and you've been able to kind of practice it a little bit and you get really good, then, then association meetings is a good, good way to, to kind of get the word out. Um, another one, another similar type of venue is trade shows. Now, a lot of these trade shows are going to occur at the association meetings. The neat thing about trade shows though, is that you, you don't necessarily have to be invited <laughs> to, to do something. Like I'll give you a good, a good example. When I first started the, uh, the leaders Institute, I was there was a there was a a, a really good size entrepreneur um, association or a, association meeting that was that would take place in Fort Worth every year and it, it was a big deal I mean it was something that the city of Fort Worth spent a lot of time and a lot of money on to attract and they they had entrepreneurs from all over the the region that would come in and so we were talking about tens of thousands of people that would that would go through the Fort Worth Convention Center. So basically, since I was brand new, I had a brand new company and I was the only employee at that time. So I didn't have a whole lot of, of uh, income. I didn't have a whole lot of marketing, uh, uh, advertising dollars, and that kind of thing to, to spend. And nobody had ever heard of me at that point So since I, since I was a brand new company. So basically, all I did was I, I purchased two... Uh, slots in the trade show booth or two trade show booth slots anyway side by side and I put my table up at one of them and then in the second slot I just put a um, a bunch of chairs and a and a, and a whiteboard and I and um, and I put a sign up you know like a and I was just kind of right on the right board I had handwritten on the right board whiteboard you know at eleven fifteen I'm going to be speaking on how to remember names at at uh, at uh, twelve ten um, there's going to be a speech about how to reduce public speaking fear at one fifteen there's going to be a speech about you know and at, you know whatever the topics were that I w- was doing at the time and the and and it's it, I got to tell you if you're doing a trade show kind of speech like this it's a little awkward because there's a lot of stuff going on around you and so you have to have some pretty good confidence to be able to deliver a presentation with all the distractions that are around you and the other thing is you have to realize that um, 
at the very beginning, you know, if you if you say you're going to be giving a speech at 11:10 or 11:15 or something like that, there's a good chance at 11:10 or 11:15, there's nobody going to be standing there, or nobody's going to be sitting in your seats. Um, and it, ta- but once the first person kind of sits down, then you'll get a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth, that kind of thing. It also helps if you actually have somebody else in the booth. That was one of the challenges with me when I did this, because since I was first starting out, I didn't have a a uh, um, somebody to kind of man my booth while I was while I was speaking. Um, so having two or three people at your at your booth can be very very helpful in those kind of situations. In fact, that's kind of one of the things that we do now with our when we do trade shows is we if we're going to have something interactive, we're going to have one person at the interactive part, and then we'll have a couple people at the table, and that works really well to kind of feed people over because then you can have folks standing at your table that will say, hey, by the way. The speaker is going to is going to start in about six minutes, so you probably want to get a seat because they're going to they're going to fill up here pretty quickly in the next few minutes. And then, um, so basically, when you start to speak, there may not be a lot of folks kind of sitting down, uh, but speak anyway. It's it's awkward, it's weird, but what will happen is if you kind of look at folks that are looking at your table, a lot of times they'll come and kind of gather around, and you'll get a few more people gathering around, and a few more people kind of gathering around. So, so um, it's a like I said, it's a it's a weird kind of awkward feeling in the in the very beginning, but once you get you know a minute in or two minutes in, it will it it can turn into a really good way to uh, promote yourself and to promote your organization or whatever it is that you're trying to to uh, market there um now okay so now the next part i'm going to spend a little bit more time on the next part because this is one of the things that can be really 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 tricky and i used to call this free seminars but if you if you read the mastering presentations book i actually titled this part of the the chapter a little different i called it marketing seminars by reservation because there's a big huge difference between just throwing out a free seminar and and then and doing a seminar specifically for marketing purposes and taking reservations when you do it. And I'll I'll give you a great example of this from my from my own personal kind of failure anyway. <clears throat> Um, when I first started, one of the early things that I did was um, I, I'd been teaching leadership training for at that point, at this point, probably about three or four years or so. And so I started to get a really nice client list. So we, we, we had a, a, a series of com- or a bunch of companies that would hire us to come in and they would hire me to, to do consulting with them and and teach leadership training and that kind of thing. And I started noticing that a lot of the folks that were coming through my leadership class, especially the public classes, when individuals would come to my public classes, I started noticing that one of the things that they were most interested in was the public speaking part, the reducing public speaking fear. And that's really how I created the, the fearless presentations class. But the first, the first, um, instance of the fearless presentations class didn't actually go over very well. So I, I figured, I mean, if I'm, if I'm teaching, leadership classes and I got 20 people in my leadership class and 18 of them are telling me that that uh, they're they're really interested in reducing public speaking fear that if I offered a free kind of introductory seminar about how to reduce public speaking fear to the public and I could probably get hundreds maybe thousands of people show up to this I mean it's free so you know who wouldn't show up right and I spent about I would say about two months two and a half months or so promoting the heck out of this this free seminar I went and I um Rented a room from a local hotel in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and I, um, uh, you know, so you know, which was you know a pretty good size expense, and and I wasn't sure exactly how many people were were going to show up, but I figured if I got a hundred, that that would be a really good way to kind of market. So so I kind of I, I had the room set up for a hundred people, and for the, the the previous month and a half, two months, two and a half months, 
basically what I was doing was I would go out to every place that I could speak. A lot of those those uh, locations that I mentioned on the last podcast. So I was going to chamber of commerce meetings. I was going to the business uh, business card exchanges. I was uh, business breakfasts. I was um, I was uh, basically anywhere. And I, I bet I spoke the in that two and a half months. I bet I spoke maybe to I'd say about fifteen or twenty different. Um, groups like Rotary clubs and Kiwanis clubs and that kind of thing, and so so I mean I it, it, my guess would be I, I bet I promoted that particular free seminar to um, ten thousand maybe or so people, and every time I would go and speak at one of these things, I would hand out a, a brochure, a little flyer that uh, that folks could kind of keep with the date and that kind of thing. So so basically, I'm excited because I'm thinking, you know, out of 10,000 people, if I, I'm surely to get 100, 200, maybe, God, if I, if I could get even more than that, though, that would be pretty awesome. So so um, I've got um, my assistant at the time was my, my wife. I she was actually an instructor for us, but um, so I had her manning the door, and I'm and I'm uh, kind of around the stage area waiting for the the crowd to kind of show. We're, we the the event was supposed to start at six thirty, and at six twenty nine, I had one person in the audience. It was like one person, so and now I'm starting to panic because I I just assumed that by this point we would have had you know. 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 people, right? So there's only one person. So I kind of, I, I kind of made small talk with this one young lady that was, that was in the, the audience. And she and I talked for a good two, three, four, five minutes or so. And I kind of looked at my watch and now it's like 635. It's like five minutes after the start time and she's still the only person. And another 10 minutes, another awkward, really, really awkward 10 minutes go by and she's still the only person there. And eventually I had to, I had to kind of tell her, hey, I'm sorry, I got to, I got to cancel it. She's, so you're not going to do the seminar. I'm like, well, no, you know what I mean? I mean, I'll help you out. So I actually stayed there with that lady for, I, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 minutes and kind of uh, taught her a little bit of, of stuff. So it was worth her time, but, but it was, it was an embarrassing, embarrassing kind of failure. And I learned a couple of really, really big um, lessons that day. Anyway, the first thing is that uh, a, a a free most people will put value on what you're offering based on the value that you put on it, right? So if I if it's a free seminar, people automatically think free seminar. Uh, nothing's really free in this world. That means I can go to this thing, but they're going to try to screw me out of something. They're going to try to sell me something. They're going to try to market to me. They're going to strong arm me. And so you're going to get a lot of resistance. So free seminars are not necessarily the best way to kind of get a lot of people to show up. The second thing that I learned was that if you're going to do some type of marketing seminar, you definitely want to take some reservations. You don't just want to to um, kind of show up blind, not knowing exactly how many possible people that will actually show up. So when I started taking reservations for my my marketing seminars, that's when the, the number of people really started to, to increase. The number of people that we were getting at these things really started to increase. So basically, we would offer a limited number of seats. You know, we would say that we only have 30 seats available in this in this seminar. And we would, and a lot of times it's a good idea if you're going to do one of these to actually tell them why you're, you're doing it for free, right? Um, so like, for instance, when I, instead of saying this is a free public speaking seminar, we will, I started telling people that this was an introductory seminar to the, the leadership training program that we teach. And in this 
introductory seminar that, that we're going to give it to you for free, we're going to give you 10 ways to reduce public speaking fear. So that was one of the, the, the kind of things. Folks were less likely to be resistant to come into a free thing if they know um, the value that they're going to get, the thing that they're going to get for the, in the, in the free seminar, but also, um, that they know, they know up front what you're going to try to get them to do next. Right. So they're much more resistant to it. They can, they, they know going in what you're going to try to promote to them. And so for folks that are a little hesitant to kind of go to one of these things, they'll, they will, um, they'll, they'll, they'll you know they might come with their guard up a little bit to to because they don't want to get sold something but they're more likely to attend anyway um the other thing about these free or or these uh, marketing seminars by by reservation is that however many people that you want to show up you need to have a bunch more people than that actually reserve space so like for instance if you want to end up with 50 people in your in your seminar you want to take reservations for maybe 125 so because most people when it's a free seminar if something else comes up They'll say, uh, well, you know, I'm not going to really lose anything if I don't go, so um, I'll go to the next one, right? So they'll probably be in, they'll, you know, it's free. They'll, they'll do these things again, so I'll just go to the next one. So they don't make it a, a priority like they would if they were paying to, to come. Now, there are a lot of industries that do really, really well with, with free seminars. Um, now, it, today, the free seminars are a whole lot different than what they were when I was starting out, you know, 20 years ago. Now, most of the time when folks are going to do free seminars, they're going to be like webinars or something like that. Now, they're, they're not going to be... Up where we have to um, uh, kind of uh, rent space in a hotel or something like that. However, I do know that there are a lot of industries that do still do really, really well with the free introductory seminars. Like, for instance, you see a lot of these in like financial planning. So the neat thing about using a, a free seminar or a marketing seminar as a way to get clients for financial planning is that there really has to be a lot of trust with the person that um, that allows you to invest their money for them, right? So that because that trust value is is very important, the seeing a person up on stage communicating good ideas that that make sense to you can really build a lot of rapport and actually build trust in that in that person that's actually speaking. So this it's a fantastic way to build that trust and rapport with your potential clients if you're doing it that way. Um, but it's not that's not the only industry. I mean just about any industry could be used as a you could give free seminars as as a way to kind of help people. So let's say you're a psychologist and or a psychiatrist and um, you could give you could you could do a free seminar on how to reduce stress in the workplace or something like that. And you and the, the neat thing about doing those types of things is that you can get big companies to actually hire you to come in, and you can do it for free as a way to to um, generate generate additional business, or you can actually charge a fee uh, to do it. Um, if you're a dentist, you could give a, a free teeth whitening seminar or, or how to, you know, that you can. And I mean, obviously, if you call it a free teeth whitening seminar, you're not going to get nearly as many people as if you market it a little bit better. So you can um, you, you might market it as to as a way to to um, um, a, a, a third party view of the best teeth whitening products on the market or something like that. Something that makes it to where the folks who are, that see that there's some type of value in that you're not trying to sell them something. But 
you know, knowing that that they see you as the expert. And if somebody really wants to get have their teeth whitened, and they're likely going to want to have a dentist do that, they might actually stick around and and sign up to be one of your your potential um, patients or or customers, that kind of thing. So, but like I said, you can do this in just about any industry. Um, it's just a matter of you know having a good plan and good marketing or good um, verbiage that you're using in your in your marketing to to um, to get people really interested in what you're doing and make people want to attend. Um, the neat thing about this is that you can experiment a lot, especially with the technology today. You can do with with webinars and and YouTube and stuff like that that we have now that we didn't have even you know five, ten, fifteen years ago. A lot of, a lot of the technology has changed. You can experiment a lot with with this kind of stuff and make it just right. So in the past, if you want to do a live seminar. You know, that's a little nerve wracking, especially the first time you do it. But with YouTube or webinars, heck, you can you can actually record yourself and and um, and edit those things down to where they sound really perfect and really professional and get you know the really good um, software packages that will make you sound good. The, you know, all of that stuff is is available now on the on the internet for you know a lot of times a very low fee or a very little fee anyway. So, it's, so we we live in a great time to be able to promote yourself through your speaking and through your ability to share your ideas and to share your your content with your your potential customers. So, I would I would encourage you to to do as much as this as, as possible. The more you do, the more comfortable you're you're going to get doing it, and the better reputation you're going to have amongst your your peers and your potential customers and your potential clients. So hopefully this is good uh, information for you. If you ever have uh, ideas about things that you want me to cover on the Fearless Presentations podcast, you can always just email me at podcast at fearlesspresentations.com. So it's podcast at fearlesspresentations.com. And for a list of all of the past podcasts that that we've done, you can always go to the fearlesspresentations.com website. If you just type in the word podcast, they'll they'll all come up. Um, But every once in a while, what we'll do is about every 10 podcasts or so, we do a a kind of a summary of the different different podcasts. And so those are an easy way to kind of go and see what um, ideas that we've covered in the past. And you can kind of click on the links to to make it easier to find a lot of the ideas so so keep listening to the the podcast if you if you're getting great value out of this by the way make sure and, and give us a nice review on on iTunes because that's a, a fantastic way to help us kind of promote this so that other people are able to to hear us and find find us on the internet so uh, so thanks again for listening to the fearless presentations podcast Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.